Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 150 of Luke's English Podcast. Some of you... In fact, a lot of you, I expect, um, are regular listeners to Luke's English Podcast, and you've already heard episodes 1 to 149. In fact, you might have been just sitting in front of your computer, just sitting there, just waiting, like some kind of um, hawk, you know, like some kind of uh, bird of prey, just sitting there waiting for some sign of life on Luke's English Podcast so that you can jump on it and then consume it as a way of um, sort of feeding your hunger for English. Um, if that's the case, well, here it is. Here's the new episode, which you can now feast on. Uh, you can actually kind of, uh, obviously, well, you can't really eat it. You can listen to it, um, and uh, you can learn from it, and hopefully you can just enjoy the experience of, of listening to it. Here it is, episode 150. It's arrived. Um, it's been a slightly kind of... Um, turbulent time, I suppose, for me recently. Turbulent, you know, it's been a bit up and down, and also it's been a bit shaky. By that, uh, why, Luke? Why? You might be thinking, why? Why is it turbulent? Have you been on a long aeroplane flight? You know? No, I haven't. I've been here. I've just been, you know, I haven't gone anywhere. I've just been here. But it's been a little bit uh, kind of crazy recently because I've started my new job, and also lots of other things have been going on in my normal life, which have meant that uh, I haven't been able to, you know, properly sit down and devote some time to episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Um, it, again, if you've listened to episodes one, uh, episodes 1 to episodes 149, you'll know that this is a kind of running theme in Luke's English Podcast, that uh, I often say, oh, I don't have enough time, I'm so busy, I've got such a crazy life that I don't have opportunities to spend as much time doing Luke's English podcast as possible. Um, it's not some kind of excuse, it's just a reason for the fact that uh, episodes are not always regularly updated. In a perfect world, I'd update, uh, I'd, I'd upload episodes very regularly and it would be, you'd know exactly when to expect uh, the episodes. But it's not a perfect world, is it? It certainly isn't. Um, I think we all know that. Um, and in fact, I think it's kind of a positive thing in a way that uh, you don't necessarily know when you're going to get a new episode of the podcast and you don't really know exactly what you're going to find in it. Um, who knows what the theme will be each time? Um, now, if you're a new listener to Luke's English Podcast, then welcome. Um, this might be the first episode that you've ever listened to. It might be the first thing that you've ever um, actually heard on Luke's English Podcast. Well, Hello, and um, you know, I hope you're enjoying it so far. Um, I think you'll find that um, this is you're just scratching the surface of Luke's English podcast at this point. Um, you might think after how many minutes? After about three minutes, you might think, "Oh God, it's a bit difficult to understand," or you might think, "Oh, what kind of accent is that?" Oh, okay, he's British. I see. It's a sort of it's an English accent. He's not American. All right, okay. Fine, that's good. In fact, that's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, I, I quite like that. That's wow. This is how. This is in fact. This is how people really should speak English. Well, that's a matter of opinion. But um, yes, if you're new to the show, then welcome. And um, you might be wondering, okay, what's this all about? What's going to happen? What do we get in Luke's English podcast? Well, I'd suggest that you go all the way back to the beginning and uh, check out episode one which is basically an introduction to Luke's English podcast. And in that introduction, I kind of introduce myself, tell you who I am, um, and uh, tell you what you can expect from episodes of the podcast. Um, and you can find out, you know, uh, my, my kind of 
uh, aims and goals for the podcast when I started. And I think after, well, it's four and a half years now. After four and a half years, I think that um, I'm still pretty much on track with my aims uh, from the beginning. So, you know, just to present um, some examples of real British English, um, rather than, for example, the American English that you often find on podcasts uh, on, on the internet. So, real British English uh, from the mouth of a well-experienced English language teacher from London. Um, this is a, a chance for you to um, kind of engage with English in a very natural way. Um, often when I talk on the podcast, I don't write a script first. I just let the, the words kind of come out of my mouth. I just uh, make it up off the top of my head quite a lot, which I think is an important um, kind of listening for you to do. I think it's good practice for you to listen to English um, kind of as it is naturally spoken rather than English as it's written. Um, so uh, also, of course, I teach things on the podcasts like what you're going to get in this episode. In fact, this episode is a continuation of my series on British slang um, from two episodes ago, 148. Episode 148, I started talking about British slang. And I, I've, I've got an A to Z of British slang. And in episode 148, I covered um, from A to C. So just the word, just words beginning with A, B, and C. And in this episode, I'm going to carry on, and we're going to start with uh, the letter D, and we'll see how far we get. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's been a slightly uh, turbulent time recently. Um, it's been a little bit up and down for me. I mean, um, life has been a little bit uh, crazy. I've been having to adjust to a new routine. I've been trying to adjust to a new teaching context. Um, I've been teaching for about 12 years now, and I've taught in various different situations. But right now, I'm, I'm, um, I've just started teaching at a university here in, in Paris, where I am. So yes, this is a British English podcast. This is the, the voice of English. Um, um, but I think I can do this podcast anywhere I, I want. You know, Sometimes I record it in London. Sometimes I record it in Paris. I actually live in Paris now, um, but I don't think it really matters where I am exactly. Um, I think the main thing is that you're actually hearing me speak to you in my good old-fashioned British accent. Um, and uh, so I could be doing this anywhere, really, and that's quite a nice idea, isn't it? Imagine in the future, who knows where I, where I will be when I'm recording episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Maybe one day you'll hear the sounds of um, a beach, you know, the sounds of the sea, uh, the waves crashing in as I record an episode of the podcast in Hawaii or something. Maybe one day I'll be on tour in South America and I'll be doing podcasts from Colombia and Argentina and uh, Peru and Bolivia and places like that. Who knows? We don't really know. But one thing's for sure, the internet makes it possible for me to record this wherever, wherever I want and for you, wherever you are, to download it, listen to it and actually um, get some direct contact with natural English. Um, yeah, that's great, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? I think it is. The internet's pretty far out um, and uh, who knows where it's going. Now, um, let's get back to this series of um, episodes all about British slang, which I started two episodes ago in episode 148. Now then, so let's start with uh, the letter D. Okay, right, so let's go into slang mode. Okay, just to recap, slang, of course, is kind of informal language, which is typically used uh, in spoken English among f close friends. It's a kind of social form of English. Um, people sometimes consider slang to be a little bit negative. I don't think it really is, but it might. But but slang 
uh, usage or slang vocabulary, slang words are not always appropriate in some contexts. Like, for example, in a, in a professional context, um, in a very formal situations, um, then it's wise to try to use the appropriate formal language as well. But slang is kind of natural, uh, informal English that you would use with your close friends, okay? Um, I would say it's good to know about slang. It's good to know um, um, a variety of slang words. You shouldn't just speak exclusively using slang because that's going to make it sound a bit weird. It's going to make your English sound a bit strange. But it's good to know some words and it's good to use some words occasionally in the right situations. Um, also, if you're a fan of things like British uh, TV shows, um, British comedies, then a knowledge of some slang words is going to help you to understand and appreciate those programs even more. Um, some people, when they, when they talk about British comedy, for example, they say, British comedy is strange, we don't understand it. Particularly, I find, a lot of American people on the internet, they often have this kind of idea that British comedy is kind of bizarre or weird. Um, I don't think it really is. I think it's just that um, it's unfamiliar to a lot of people. Like, sometimes people consider American comedy or American culture to be the predominant culture, and they think that is that they think that sort of style of culture is just normal. That's like the default setting for comedy or culture. And then when uh, you come across something that's a little bit different, um, like British comedy, then it can seem like it's... Um, it can seem kind of strange and difficult to understand. And I expect a lot of that is because of the specific bits of language which are used as well. Certain slang words and things might make uh, British culture seem slightly bizarre, slightly foreign. Um, well, hopefully understanding some slang can help to bridge that cultural gap and allow you to appreciate uh, things like the British sense of humour um, and uh, British TV shows and things like that. Right, so first item in my list. Let's start with D. And we've got the word dear. Dear. So D-E-A-R, dear. Now, um, <clears throat> dear can be used in several ways. I've, okay, I've got three uses of the word dear. The first use is not really slang. It's written English, and you use it at the beginning of a letter or an email. Dear Luke, or dear Mr. Thompson, okay, for example, dear at the beginning of a letter or an, or an email. Of course, you should never say dear Luke Thompson. Um, it's always dear Luke or dear Mr. Thompson. If you're writing to, to me, obviously, if you're writing to, to Paul McCartney, it would be dear Paul or dear Mr. McCartney, but you don't write dear Paul McCartney. Okay, fine. Now, the other use... Uh, Another use, let's say the second use of the word dear, um, as a slang word, is when it means expensive. Okay, so something's dear, it means it's expensive. So you could say, oh God, the, um, well, what would it be? Uh, the, the, the coffee's a bit dear, isn't it, in this place? There you go, it means the coffee's a bit expensive. It's like, uh, um, yeah, I, went, I went to London, I went shopping. God, it's a bit dear, isn't it? London's a bit dear meaning London is a bit expensive. There you go. Also, the third use of the word dear is a kind of term of, a term of affection that an older person might use when referring to another person. Hello, dear. How are you? How are you, dear? Dear meaning... Um, well, there are lots of terms of affection or, or, or sort of friendly uh, terms that we use to, to refer to another person. Um, and I'm going to go through some of those in this list. But we've got things like, all right, mate. Hello, mate. Mate is that kind of informal way that you refer to a, a male friend in English. All right, mate. Um, you might say man, all right, as well. Uh, all right, man. How's it going? Um, and um, you might say love. Um, hello, love. Now that's, hmm. Who says hello, love? Hello, love. How's it going? Uh, do you want a cup of tea? Um I find that you tend to find slightly older people would refer to a woman as love. Um, so if you go into a cafe somewhere in, in England, um, they might say, hello, love, what do you want? 
okay? Um, also, you can say dear, but I find older people tend to use the word dear, right? Hello, dear, come and sit down. Do you want a cuppa? Meaning, do you want a cup of tea? Dear. All right, so dear at the beginning of a letter, dear meaning expensive, and dear as a, as a term of affection that an older person might use to refer to uh, someone that they care about. Okay, so it could be like an old woman might refer to her friend as dear. Um, an older person might refer to a younger relative as dear. Okay, fine. Let's move on to the next item in the list. By the way, this list, which you can see on my web page, um, first of all, I'll put I'll put it on teacherluke.podomatic.com um, under episode 150, and then eventually. I will move that text over to teacherluke.wordpress.com and you can find it, episode 150, British slang, letters D to something. I'm not sure exactly how far I'm going to get in this list. Um, So the next D letter... Oh, no, what was I saying? Yes. Uh, So the um, um, this list partly was taken from a website that I found... Now, I could have just um, made up a list of British slang myself, but that would have taken a long time, right? So instead, what I did was I did some Google searches for lists of British slang that other people had made, and I went through those lists and I sort of picked out the ones which I thought were good and natural. And so a lot of these items come from a a page called effingpot.com, E-F-F-I-N-G-P-O-T.com, forward slash slang dot shtml and that uh, i must say thank you to uh, effingpot.com for providing um, just a list of many of these terms and i've kind of reblogged a lot of those um, a lot of his explanations onto my web page so thank you to effingpot.com and you should go and check his website out it's quite a good collection of British um, language that he's noticed. Um, but of course, all my explanations here are all my own. And uh, I've kind of edited his list a bit and I've just selected the ones that I think are sort of natural, commonly occurring language. Um, <clears throat> uh, I've also added in some of my own ideas to some other things that I thought should be added to this list. So the next item is DIY. DIY. That's just three letters. D-I-Y. And D-I-Y, of course, is short for do it yourself. Do it yourself. And this really means, so DI, when we talk about DIY, we're talking about the work that you do in your house. So painting, uh, constructing shelves, um, you know, putting up um, pictures on the walls, um, drilling, you know, drilling holes in order to Uh, put up shelving or or making a cupboard or something like that, putting down carpet. Um, We call that DIY, do it yourself. It's quite common in in England if you want to sort of uh, redecorate your home that you would uh, basically do it yourself. You go to a DIY shop or a DIY store. There's places like Homeland. Homeland? No. Homeland is an extremely successful uh, American TV show starring Claire Danes and Damien Lewis. No, you don't go to Homeland. That would be a very bad idea, in fact. You shouldn't buy carpets at Homeland because um, because then, uh, you know, you might get caught up in some kind of uh, CIA um, investigation into terrorism. So I wouldn't recommend visiting the American TV show Homeland in order to buy carpet. Um, they might have some carpets there. Carpets are featured in the show occasionally, but no, it's not a good place to, to get it. So uh, what am I trying to say? Um, B&Q, that's a, that's a shop in England. B&Q, it's just a big shop with loads and loads of stuff like paint and tools and uh, you know bits of wood that you can use to you know make stuff in your home. So DIY. DIY. Um, um, so it's common in England that you do it yourself. You buy all the stuff in, in a place like B&Q and then you um, take it home and you try and do all the work in the home yourself. And, oh, it's a nightmare for me because I always just get everything wrong. I, I, I'm rubbish at DIY. 
Um, I think uh, some people are very good at it. Some people are just very practical, very good with their hands. But um, I'm sort of intermediate when it comes to DIY. I'm able to drill a hole in a wall, fit a raw plug, and then, you know, screw a screw into it, fine. But um, sometimes if I'm putting up shelves, the shelves might be a bit wobbly. They might be a little bit wonky, you know, not completely straight. Um, but DIY, there you go. It's a, it's a common phrase in uh, British English. And also DIY can be used to, as a joke to refer to other things. Um, for example, you might say, if you go to a restaurant and the waiter is not doing his job, you could make a sarcastic remark like, so what, is this a DIY restaurant or what? Meaning um, um, uh, a restaurant where you have to do it yourself. Um, let's see. Right, next item is the word do. And that's the noun do. I'm, we're going to go to a do tonight. It's, there's a big do um, in uh, Piccadilly Circus tonight. A do means a party, basically. Um, all right, so um, if you're going to a do, it just means you're going to a party, all right? Um, also, um, do can mean other things, of course. For example, do can mean to, to arrest someone, yeah? Um, it could be to arrest someone. It could be to um, beat someone up as well. For example, if, you, um, if you're caught speeding and the police pull you over and the policeman says, um, can I see your, your driver's licence, please, sir? Um, um, I, I'd, I'd like to just make you aware of the fact that uh, you were dri driving three miles an hour above the, uh, the, the speed limit. That is a, uh, that is a serious offence. Um, and uh, then he gives you a fine, right? And afterwards you could say, I, just, I got done for speeding. I got done for speeding. Um, so to, to the, the, the police officer, police officers can do you for something. He did me for speeding. I got done for speeding, for example, all right? So that's to be, like, arrested or to be charged with something by the police, to get done for something. Um, we also might use to do someone, um, meaning to, 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 to fight or punch someone. Yeah. If you keep looking at me like that, I'm going to do you, mate, for example. Right? <laughs> I'm going to do you. I'm going to do you over. Yes, do is used so many in so many ways. You know, d for example, to to feel done in can mean like you feel really gutted, you feel really, um, uh, really sort of upset and disappointed, and and sort of um, feel really down. You know, so for example, when I lost my job, I just felt really done in about it for ages. Mm hmm. I mean, the word do is used in so many ways. I could do a whole, I could do a whole other podcast all about that. This is becoming a, a running theme in Luke's English podcast where I just discover things that I could do podcasts about. It's like kind of, I don't know how to describe it really. Every time I open my mouth, I feel like, oh, there's another episode of the podcast. Oh, that's another episode of the podcast. All I can see is podcasts. It's like I'm... I'm like Neo in the Matrix, and I've got to this point where I'm just seeing podcasts everywhere. So I kind of get up in the morning, and I I have my breakfast, and I see, uh, you know, I open the fridge, and I think, oh, I could do a great podcast about fridges. That would be good, wouldn't it? I could just do a whole hour just on the whole the fridge, like the culture of the fridge. What is a British fridge? What do you find in a British fridge? What are all the sort of pop culture references towards the, the refrigerator. Um, and also, what, do you, what food would you find in the average fridge? Is a woman's fridge likely to be different to a man's fridge? What about an old person's fridge? How about uh, a student's fridge? What's that going to look like? What about the fridge of a family? You know, it's just like you could do just a, a whole hour or more just on the fridge. And that's just the first thing I've seen in the beginning of the day. Then, of course, I take out some juice from the fridge, some freshly squeezed orange juice, for example. And I think, wow, this is brilliant. This is juice. It's, it's a great subject. I could do a whole podcast about that. You know, all of the different types of juice, um, uh, all the vitamins that you get in juices, 
and all the juice jokes. Um, jokes, there you go. I mean, I've, I talked about this ages ago. Oh, I'm going to do an episode all about jokes. Um, and I, I've, I've been planning it. I've got lists of jokes, but it's not finished yet. It's not ready. It requires preparation. Um, okay, I've got a joke for you about orange juice. Okay. All right. Now, you don't have to laugh. You just have to listen. Right, so why did the supermodel stare at the orange juice? Why did the supermodel stare at the orange juice? Well, because it said concentrate on the carton. And we'll move straight on with the next word, which is... Where are we now? Okay, we've got uh, to doodle. To doodle. No, do all right. Doodle is a is a word, and I think you might know it already. Doodle is when you draw little pictures when you're thinking about something else. For example, if you're on the telephone, you might doodle uh, a picture of a a car or a picture of a flower or something. That's not actually the word I'm looking for here on the list. No, on the list we have the word doddle. Doddle. That's D O D D L E. A doddle. Um, it was an absolute doddle. That just means it was really really easy. It was a piece of cake. It was a. It was an absolute cinch. Okay, a doddle just means something really easy. So yeah, I uh, yeah, I took my driving test last week, passed it. Yeah, it was a doddle, no problem. Okay, for example, it's not really true. The driving test isn't easy in England. No, it's it's very difficult. There's a whole new episode of the podcast right there. Driving tests, um, but the driving test is uh, it's very difficult in England, and uh, it's it certainly is not a doddle. No, you have to do all kinds of different manoeuvres. Um, you have to reverse round a corner. You've got to do a parallel park. You've got to um, you've got to do the three-point turn. You have to do the emergency stop sometimes. That's when you're driving along and the instructor says to you, um, keep driving at this pace, and uh, in a few moments I will uh, ask you to perform an emergency stop. Uh, I will raise my hand and uh, bring my hand down onto the dashboard. And when I do so, I'd like you to stop as quickly and safely as possible. And so you're driving along, and he raises his hand, and he hits it down on the uh, uh, dashboard, and you slam on the brakes. <coughs> Huge skid. Smoke pours out of your tyres, and you fail the driving test because you're not supposed to skid. You're supposed to just, you know, stop kind of safely, uh, and uh, without a lot of sort of skidding and lots of drama. Uh, I took my driving test three times and I passed on the third time. That's why I took it three times. It would, it would have been ridiculous to pass on the second time and say, well, that was so fun, I'm going to do it again. No, it took me three times because I, pa- I passed on the third one. And it was not a doddle. It was pretty tough, to be honest with you. Stressful and difficult. Um... Yes, I wonder what driving tests are like where you're from. Are they uh, are they a doddle or are they challenging? I wonder if you can tell me. One of the difficult things about the driving test in, in England is that you have to, well, when you're learning to drive, you have to, to start by just driving in the street. You don't have special places uh, which are like off the streets. You don't have like special driving schools where you can drive around a, a kind of like a... A safe area. No, you just start driving in the street with other cars. So before you've even learned how to stop, you're driving with other cars around you and like, you know, women pushing prams across the street and stuff like that. It's it's scary. And it certainly is not a doddle. Right, the next word is dodgy. Dodgy. Now, you must have heard this one before. I must have said the word dodgy before. Um, well, dodgy is... Okay, dodgy can mean lots of things. Dodgy can mean sort of a little bit dangerous. Like, uh, okay, you can use the word dodgy to refer to many different uh, many different things. So um, you could say that a place is dodgy, right? So, for example, you would say, I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go down that street. It's a bit dodgy, right? Meaning it's like a little bit dangerous. It's it, you know you could get mugged or something. So you know like I wouldn't go to that part of London. It's a little bit dodgy. Um, d- it's difficult to say where the dodgy parts of London are, because London is kind of mixed up. You know you get like nice areas, 
and then right next to it you get some dodgy areas um any anywhere really can be dodgy but probably not in in the center not zone one or zone two but outside around the edges of london sometimes those places are a little bit dodgy some people say the south of london like brixton and southeast places like new cross or peckham are supposed to be dodgy um elephant and castle down in the south um they're considered to be kind of dodgy areas is it true i mean are they really dodgy um you'd have to go and and find out and see see how it feels there but i i feel like elephant and castle underground station is a pretty dodgy place you know it's dodgy because you come out and immediately it's kind of dark you know the 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 area around the station is not very well lit it's kind of dark and and uh, you just get this sense that oh okay i shouldn't uh, i should probably hide my phone because this feels a bit dodgy and then when you walk out into the streets it's just um it's hard to explain really but like for example a lot of the shops might have um like if you go to a, a, an off license to buy some beer you might find that there's a glass screen so you can't actually uh, there's there's like a glass window between you and the guy selling the beer and you think why is there a glass window oh yeah maybe this shop gets robbed a lot and so he's put on a, put up a protective glass screen you think oh this is a bit of a dodgy area okay so dodgy right can be used to exp- to describe a place dodgy could be used also to describe a thing like an object for example um yeah i bought this dodgy tv off a guy i bought a dodgy tv now why would the tv be dodgy well it could be stolen so it could be illegal it could also be um sort of not very good quality maybe even dangerous like not not uh not fully safe i mean for example the electrics the electric components in the tv might not work properly you might get an electric shock from it or something so you see what i mean so dodgy could mean illegal it could also mean slightly dangerous um dodgy also a person can be dodgy as well if they're not very trustworthy if they're a little bit suspicious and possibly a bit dangerous so like i met this dodgy guy on the uh, on the bus he kept trying to talk to me and he was trying to invite me back to his place but no way he was just really dodgy and really weird and i didn't want to speak to him so i just sort of said oh well yeah that thanks a lot bye and i just left so dodgy person dodgy place dodgy thing it can mean suspicious maybe dangerous maybe a little bit illegal um and just maybe just weird it's a very common word and as you can see it can be used to describe lots of people um okay next item and this this item on my list um has already come up in a previous episode of the podcast the one about swearing if you remember that one how to swear in british english and this um expression is the dog's bollocks that is the dog's bollocks mate and if you've listened to that episode you'll remember that the dog's bollocks are basically really good if something is the dog's bollocks then it's absolutely fantastic now i should be clear i should be absolutely clear here that the word bollocks is a rude word okay it's a swear word so don't use that in polite company in fact be very careful about swearing in english um now why well of course swearing is rude but when you swear if it's not your first language um you might not be fully aware of just how offensive some of those words can be they might not feel very offensive to you because they lack the kind of real punch um uh because they, they don't mean the same thing to you but to native english speakers uh swear words can be you know really rude and really offensive and they basically can make, give a very bad impression of you uh, nevertheless the word bollocks is a, is really quite a commonly occurring word in informal english um it's just that it's rude okay i think i've got that uh, i think i've got that point across so the dog's bollocks wow that's brilliant isn't it like uh you know grand theft auto 5 is is the dog's bollocks it really is it's a it's an amazing game um the dog's bollocks funny that isn't it sometimes you don't even need to use the word bollocks you can just say that is the dog's that is 
That's the absolute dogs, meaning that's the dogs bollocks. Yeah, weird, isn't it? Because if something is bollocks, then it's 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 bad. But if it's the dogs bollocks, it's really good. Um, isn't language a funny thing? Now, okay, moving on to the next word, donkey's years. God, how is how is John? I haven't seen him in donkey's years. I haven't seen you for donkey's years. How are you? So donkey's years just means a long, long time. Okay? So I haven't seen you for ages. I haven't seen you for donkeys. I haven't seen you for donkey's years, meaning I haven't seen you for a long time. Uh, the next word is dude. All right, dude, how's it going? So dude is, is a bit like the word mate, isn't it? Now, I think it's kind of a Birmingham thing. Um, you'll know that I'm not just from London. I'm also from the Midlands in England, and I've also lived in Liverpool. Um, so some of my slang that I find natural might be a little bit regional. If you're just used to sort of slang from one area, like London or something, you might find the word dude to be not very natural, but it's pretty natural for me. Um, dude, all right, dude. Um, look at this dude. A dude is just a, a, a man, uh, a, basically, and it can mean mate or it can be, uh, you can use it to refer to just another man. So I saw this dude yesterday, for example. Um, all right, dude. Yeah. Also, dude sometimes means someone who's cool. You know, look at this cool dude with his sunglasses on. A cool dude would be like a really cool guy. So dude is like guy, mate, man, something like that. There's a famous movie, uh, an American movie called The Big Lebowski, and it's got Jeff Bridges in it, and his character is called The Dude. And so dude in American English is a slightly different meaning. A dude is like a kind of hippie, basically, like a cool hippie guy. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how it's used in America. In England, it can just be used to refer to a man, you know, a friend, for example, or or another man that you might meet. Yes. Right, so let's go on to the next one. Right, we've, we've moved on to F. I don't have any words beginning with E in this list. Never mind. We'll just jump straight forward to F. And I've got the expression to faff or to faff around, to faff about. And it's kind of like... It just means to mess around, not really do anything in particular, just procrastinate, just waste time, um, just mess around, just faff about, okay? So sometimes it's considered to be a negative thing. Like you might say, look, stop faffing about and get back to work, meaning stop just messing around doing nothing in particular and get back to work. Stop faffing about, with, would you? Come on, hurry up. We've got to go in 10 minutes. Stop faffing around and put your shoes on. Okay, so faff around, faff about. Uh, it just means to kind of to dither, you know, just to do things that are a bit of a waste of time. Um, yes. Um, all right, so stop faffing about. Um, next word is uh, fag, F-A-G, fag. I think I went into this in the last episode. Uh, I mean, episode 148. Fag in British English is a cigarette, okay? It's a slang word for a cigarette. In American English, a fag is a slang word for a homosexual, which is kind of a dangerous, uh, potentially dangerous confusion. I don't know if that commonly causes problems for British people when they go to America. I think most British people know that in the States, a fag is a, is a gay person. So they're unlikely to go around the States using the word fag to mean cigarette. But I wonder if a British person has ever gone to America and said, uh, excuse me, mate, can I bum a fag off you? Um, yeah, because that might have got him into trouble. Anyway, um, fancy, the word fancy. Okay, so if you fancy something, it just means you want it, really. So I think, let's say we've got two uses of the word fancy. They're quite similar. But um, first use of the word fancy would be when you like a person, when you like someone sexually, okay? So if you think um, someone is really good-looking and you really find them sexually appealing and you want them sexually, you could say that you fancy them. It's like, yeah, God, I really fancy. Uh, have you seen that? Um, have you seen the new waitress in the cafe? She's really hot. She's really fit. Yeah, I really fancy her. Or something like, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Apparently, John. Uh, John really fancies you. Yeah, he's going to ask you out. You know, like that. Okay, to fancy someone, um, you think that they're hot, all right? But uh, we also use the word fancy to refer to other things, not just like when you sexually desire someone, but uh, fancy can mean that you just want something, particularly food. So, oh, I really fancy an ice cream. It's really hot, isn't it? Do you fancy an ice cream? Come on, let's go and get an ice cream, okay? Uh, do you fancy something? Um, or if you're, so what do you want to eat for dinner? Do you fancy a pizza? Yeah, of course I do. Love pizza, for example. Um, fancy. All right. Um, fit. I talked about fit in episode 148. Fit just means sexually attractive, good-looking, hot. Okay? Fit. Like, oh, she's so fit, for example, meaning she's so good-looking. She's really fit. Or, you know, a girl might say, he's so fit, for example. He's a really fit bloke or a fit bird. Bloke is a man. Bird is a, a girl. Um, next one is flog. To flog something it means to sell something, okay? Um, so that's the main use of the word flog. Well, we've got two uses of flog as well. One is to sell, and the other one is to, to actually um, beat someone with a whip. Now, that doesn't really happen very much these days, does it? I hope not. Anyway, we don't beat people with whips. If someone has like committed a crime, maybe back in the Middle Ages or even more recently, uh, if someone was caught uh, shoplifting, if someone was caught stealing from a shop, they would be taken into the centre of town and flogged with a tree branch. What a horrible, brutal society we used to have. To flog someone means to hit someone with a stick or a, a whip. Um, and But obviously that doesn't happen very much anymore. So these days the word flog, and I don't know where the connection is. In fact, I don't think there is a connection. But um, these days the word flog means to sell something. Okay, so um, what happened to your PlayStation? Oh, I flogged it on eBay, for example. Okay, I flogged it. I sold it on eBay. Um, all right, so there's no connection between hitting someone with a whip and selling something. So I don't know why we use the same word to flog uh, something. You know, I took it to the market. I flogged it to to some guy called Jeff. <laughs> um, sell it. Uh, the old, you know, the other meaning of the word flog would be to hit someone as a punishment. Where is the connection between those two things? If you're some kind of etymologist, then you can explain that to me. Leave a comment on uh, this episode of the podcast. Um, next uh, item in my list is fluke. A fluke. If something uh, happens just by chance, if, it's, if it happens just by luck, then it's a fluke. Okay? How did you pass your exams? Um... I don't know. I just, I think I'm a, maybe I just fluked it. It was just a fluke. Yeah. Fluke. Yes. Um, sometimes when I was a kid, people used to call me Luke Fluke, uh, which everyone thought was hilarious, but um, I never really saw the funny side of it. Luke Fluke. Oh, Luke Fluke. Uh, uh, it's not like I was particularly lucky either. It's just because the words rhymed. I think kids, you know, when they're sort of, 11, 12 years old, or even younger, all they can do is just find words that rhyme with your name. I mean, kids have got an amazing ability to find rhyming words with your name. Uh, Luke Fluke. Uh, and I, I used to get Luke Puke as well. Luke Puke. Uh. Brilliant. Yeah, really, really clever. Really clever. Yeah. I didn't say that. I just sort of like was quite shy when I was a kid. So if people call me Luke Puke, I just sort of like, uh, I wouldn't really respond. I was shy. Um, so a fluke is something that happens by luck, by chance. An absolute fluke. So, um, yeah, I scored a goal playing football on Saturday, but it was a bit of a fluke, to be honest. The ball just came flying across, and I put my foot out, and it just hit my foot bounced off the side of some guy's head and then went into the top corner. A total fluke, but I, you know, I claim it. I claim it, yeah. Um, so, 
Right, next word is a fortnight. A fortnight, and that just means two weeks. Okay, and it's apparently it's an abbreviation of the term 14 nights, which obviously means two weeks. So a fortnight. So um, are you going on a holiday? Yeah, I am. How long are you staying? Oh, we're going to stay just for a fortnight, two weeks. Fortnight, F-O-R-T-N-I-G-H-T. It means two weeks. A fortnight's holiday. Okay, meaning of uh, two weeks of holiday. Um, okay, next expression, full of beans. Full of beans. If you're full of beans, it means you've got loads of energy. Yeah, it's like... Um, so, you're full of beans, aren't you? You're really full of beans today. It's like, yeah, yeah, I had a really good night's sleep, and I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm really up for it today. I'm full of beans. Come on, let's go. Um, a kid, you know, a child might be full of beans. If he's, uh, you know, energetic, hyperactive, he's really full of beans today. How much sugar did you give him this morning, for example? Full of beans. Um, I suppose this is because beans contain lots of energy. So, it's quite, you know, it's quite reasonable expression is quite a literal uh quite understandable why we use that expression full of beans also of course in england we like to eat beans don't we yes we do it's one of our traditional uh dishes uh, traditional well it's one of the things that we're famous for eating beans on toast beans on a baked potato it's pretty basic stuff just some beans in tomato sauce in a can you open the can, you put the beans in a pan, saucepan, you heat them up, you make some toast, you put the beans on the toast, and Bob's your uncle, dinner is served. Um, my French girlfriend just laughs at the idea of beans on toast, which is quite a reasonable thing to do, really, because beans on toast is pretty basic. Also, if you eat lots of beans on toast, then uh, it can give you a little bit of gas as well. You've got to watch out for that. Um, but still, they're good, you know, a good source of energy. Um, yes. Uh, if you said a kid is full of beans, I suppose it's kind of a polite way of saying that he's hyperactive. So if you imagine you go to your friend's house and they've, they've got their child running around, and the child is like, ah, just running around, just sort of tearing the place apart, just being a total chaotic monster. And you'd say, oh, he's certainly full of beans today, isn't he? It's basically a polite way of going, your child is completely out of control. Um, I think you need to, you know, sedate him and lock him in a darkened room, okay? Obviously, I don't condone the... Uh, the sedation of children or the, the um, locking, locking up of, of children. That was just a humorous comment. Um, but sometimes, you know, kids just too hyperactive. What is that? Why is that? Why do, why do kids do that? I suppose they're just, you know, so full of energy. We need to harness the energy of children somehow. I don't know how. Um, so anyway, full of beans. Next uh, word is geezer. Um, so look at this geezer, right? I saw this geezer yesterday, right? And he he told me that you uh, you're selling uh, you're selling your PlayStation. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm flogging it actually. Uh, do you want to buy it? Yeah. So all right, a geezer is a man. Uh, and um, again, is this a Birmingham thing? I don't remember hearing Londoners using the word geezer that very that much. Certainly from England, um, geezer. All right, geezer. So geezer just means mate, dude, man. Um, right. Next one. Get lost. Get lost. Get lost just means go away. All right. Uh, get lost. Look. Just can you just get lost, please? Meaning go away. Fine. Fine. Next one is get get stuffed. Uh, not a very nice thing to say. It's not a swear word, but it's certainly quite rude. Get stuffed just means, you know, uh, get lost, um, shut up, um, I don't like you, uh, F off. F meaning, you know, F, the F word, the, the F bomb. Um, the swear word beginning with F, right? F U C K, off. Get stuffed. All right. So uh, someone might say to you, um, 
yeah, like they would say something like the English English food is so disgusting. Oh, it's so bad. I'll get stuffed. <laughs> okay. <coughs> um, next one is to get off with someone. Get off with someone. Um, if you get off with someone, it means you you f- passionately French kiss someone. You know what I mean? You you kiss someone not only using your lips, but maybe the tongue gets involved as well to get off with something someone. Teenagers, this this often is just their mission, isn't it? In life, if they're going to go to a party, they would probably get off with someone at the end. It's just um, to snog someone, to uh, passionately French kiss someone. Yes, to get off with someone. Yes. Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, when I was a teenager, that was kind of, you know, what you were interested in doing when you went to a party. Like, did you get off with her? Meaning, did you, did you snog her? Did you kiss her passionately on the lips? Um, snogging. In America, it's like making out or necking. But in England, we say getting off with someone. Um, Okay, we're still in the the uh, the G category here. We're still in the G category. It sounds like a kind of a cool hip hop kind of category, doesn't it? The G category. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. Now, um, uh, okay. Give us a bell. Give us a bell. Give us a bell. Right. <clears throat> Give us a bell. That means call me. Call me. So, all right. Well, um, you know. Um, all right, well, just giz a giz a bell when you when you're ready, and I'll come over. Giz a bell, give us a bell. So a bell, you know, is a call. Ring, 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 ring. Gives a bell. Give us. Now I talked about this previously. Give us means give me. Sometimes we use us to refer to me, right? So he came up to us and he said, for example, or oh, give giz a giz a bell and giz g i z. Now, you don't usually write giz, but it sounds like giz. Giz means give us. So, giz a bell means give us a bell, right? Giz a butchers, remember that? Giz a look, giz a look at that. Giz a look. Oh, wow, what's that? Come on, here, giz a look, giz a look at that. Giz a look, give us or give me a look at that. Giz a bell means call me. Um, so, just give us a bell uh, tomorrow sometime, for example. Um, the next one is gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. I was absolutely gobsmacked. That just means I was amazed. Your gob is your mouth, basically. Your mouth or your your sort of lower part of your face, your mouth. So if you're gobsmacked, then it's like, wow. You know, you're so amazed and surprised uh, that you can, it feels like your face has been slapped. Wow. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm gobsmacked, for example. Um, all right. <clears throat> I'm sure I've said that one before on Luke's English podcast. I think so. Uh, next one is good value. All right. If something's good value, it means you've, you've got a good deal. For example, yeah, I'm selling my PlayStation 3. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to sell it. I've got nine games. I've got Grand Theft Auto 4, Grand Theft Auto four episodes from Liberty City. I've got FIFA 09. I've got Driver San Francisco. um, And I've got uh, Resident Evil 5. And I also have... um, What else do I have? Uh, uh, Street Fighter uh, 4. And I'm selling all of those things for £70. Um, It's pretty good value, I think you'll agree. Good value for money. Right, so good value just means a good deal. But also sometimes we, you can say that someone is good value. She, he, she's really good value, isn't she? Meaning that she's good company, she's fun, you know. Um, she's really good value. Uh, ghoulies, your ghoulies. So, oh, God, it got me right in the ghoulies. So you're playing football and someone kicks the ball and <laughs> hits you between the legs. Oh, God, right in the ghoulies. Oh, hold on, I've got to sit down. Oh, God. Right in the ghoulies. Oh, Oh, my grandchildren. Oh, dear. So your ghoulies are um, your testicles, 
Okay, gentlemen? Um, okay, your balls, your nuts, your gonads, your testicles, your ghoulies. Ghoulies is not really a swear word, but obviously it's, ref it's slightly rude to refer to your genitals at any given time. Um, obviously the word bollocks is the official swear word for, for that part of the body. Your ghoulies, your gonads. Oh, my ghoulies! <laughs> yes. Um, ladies, I, I don't know uh, if you will ever really use that word. I mean, maybe if girls, if you're watching some guys playing football, there's usually, in any game of football, there's always one moment when someone gets the ball in their ghoulies. And so at that point, if you're watching the game, you could say, oh, look, uh, he got the ball in his, in his ghoulies there. And you, your friends would say, what? What? And he'd say, yeah, he, got the, he just got the ball in his ghoulies. And your friends would say, what are you talking about? And you would say, don't you listen to Luke's English podcast? And they'll say, well, yes, we do, but we haven't listened to episode 150 yet. Um, well, yeah, ghoulies. He got the ball in his ghoulies. It means the ball made contact with his private parts, um, which, you know, for men, that's not only painful, but also quite humiliating at the same time. It's a horrible experience having a, a football. A football, you know, like a... Uh, a, a FIFA regulation weight football launched at high speed directly into your crown jewels. That's quite a, a horrible experience. It really is. It's one of those, at, at its worst, when it's hurting the most, you can actually have genuine fear for the future of your family. Because when it really hurts, you think, oh my God, I've done serious damage. My, my reproductive system is is not going to work now as a result of this it's quite a scary scary moment obviously if you if you ever have had the ball in your ghoulies then i apologize um if this is you know reminding you of of a uh, difficult memory i don't mean to i'm just trying to explain the word in in the most sort of colorful way that i can um okay now let's move on to the next word which is gormless gormless Right, okay. If you're gormless, it's like, um, in a way, we would use the word gormless to refer to a way that someone, uh, the way that someone looks. So if someone looks really stupid, like they don't have a single thought going on in their head, it's like maybe their eyes are just staring into the distance, their mouth is kind of slightly open, huh? that would be a gormless expression. So if someone's gormless, it just means that they're really stupid and they look kind of stupid as well. Just gormless, like... Uh, huh? So you'd say, hey, uh, hey, Paul, do you, wanna, do you want a cup of coffee? Huh? Uh, what? Paul! Huh? Oh, Paul, so gormless. What, Paul, why, what's the matter with you? You just, you look really gormless today. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry, I was, I'm just a bit tired. Mm-hmm. Come on, Paul. Stop faffing around. Look, have a cup of coffee, you'll feel better. Huh? Oh, Paul, for Christ's sake. Um, so, all right, someone, if someone looks gormless, then they just kind of look empty-minded, kind of stupid. Yes. All right, next one. Um, and how, how many minutes are we on here? Right, we're on 57 minutes, so I think this is going to be uh, letters D to D to G, isn't it? And we'll have to carry on with the others later. Um, all right. How many episodes will there be in this slang series? Remember when I first started, I thought I could do all of them in one episode. How, how, how wrong I was. Um, so the word, the next word, next G word is grub, meaning food. Okay. Grub. So food, um, uh, nosh, um, it's just a slang word to refer to food. It's like, I'm starving. Come on, let's go and get some grub. I'm absolutely ravenous. I'm really hungry. Um, have you got any grub? Come on, let's get some grub. Or maybe even your dad, uh, if your dad is cooked, he would say, come on, everyone, grub's up. Grub's up. Grub is up. Grub's up. Grub's up. Come on, sit down. What is it, dad? Sausages. Again, dad, can't you cook anything else? Well, sausages and beans. 
Right, great. You're a genius in the kitchen, aren't you, Dad? Look, okay, look, your mother's left, okay? She's left, she's left us. She's not coming back. So, you know, I think it's, I'm just doing my best, okay? And it's beans and sausages again, okay? So, look, just sit down and eat it. Stop complaining. Okay, Dad, look, don't get upset. Okay, we understand. Sausage and beans, it's fine. It's fine, Dad. We've got a We've got to pull together as a family. We're going to get through this. Okay. I don't know what that uh, situation was. I think that was some kind of, like the aftermath of some family where the mother has left and the father is, like, struggling to deal with it. And because he's got to not only, you know, provide for the family in the usual way, but he also has to do all the things that uh, his wife used to do, like do the cooking and the housework. And he's struggling to deal with it. It's like, oh, God, I don't know how to do laundry, for example. Um, yes, okay, just, an, just a little improvisation there to explain the, the term grub. So grub meaning food. Yes, okay. Um, right, and the final word that I'm going to deal with in this episode is the word gutted. I was absolutely gutted. Now, I've explained this word before. And you'll know that the word gutted means disappointed, okay? I was so gutted. You know, when I found out that I'd failed my driving test again, I was gutted. That stupid testing test instructor. What an idiot. I knew he was going to fail me. Just because I wasn't some gorgeous 21-year-old 20, girl with big boobs, he failed me. I could just tell immediately. He took, in fact, when I went into the testing centre... Uh, and he said, next, and it was. I stood up. There was a girl sitting next to me, this really fit, um, like, student girl. And he looked at her, and he, I knew in his eyes he was thinking, I hope she's next. And I stood up, and he kind of, I could see it on his face, this look of not only disappointment, but a, a sort of look of, of um, sort of spitefulness on his face, of like, how dare you, you man, you youngish man, how dare you come into my car next when I wanted to test this gorgeous-looking girl? And it, I could just see it in his eyes. He was thinking, OK, Luke Thompson, I'm going to fail you, no matter how brilliant you are at driving. I don't care if you're better at, at driving than the Knight Rider himself. And I do refer, I'm referring to um, David Hasselhoff and the car. I don't care how good you are, even if you're better than both of those guys. You're failing this test because you don't have breasts Okay, um, I could see that in his eyes, um, and I and I just thought, right, I'm going to have to do my best. Uh, I got into the car with him. He said, "Okay, then, Luke, uh, you can uh, you can start whenever you're ready." And I did, and I drove really well. Um, and at the end, uh, I parked in the in the parking the car park of the uh, the test centre, and he said to me, and I, I turned around to him and I said, "Okay, then, um, so." He said, well, Luke, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to fail you. And I was like, what? Is this because I don't have tits? And he was like, no, Luke, it's nothing to do with that. I'm a professional. Um, the fact is you, you made five minor faults, and that was enough. What were those faults then, Mr. Driving Instructor Guy? Well, Luke, first of all, you failed to check your mirror. Um, you failed to check your mirror when you pulled out from the, uh, the car park. Um, okay, all right. Secondly, you 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 kind of moved you moved the car slightly to the left uh, when you were driving along the road, just a little bit, and I didn't like it. Okay, <laughs> okay, fine. Um, thirdly, um, um, you 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 stayed at twenty-seven miles per hour for just a little bit longer than I like, and I don't like twenty-seven as a number; it's an unlucky number. I would, I would have preferred it if you'd gone down to 26 or up to 28. But no, you stayed at 27. And I was like, is that a minor fault? I don't think that's a fault. And he said, look, I'm the driving instructor, Luke. You, you don't really have much choice here. And I said, okay, what, what, what about the other one? Oh, you did, you, you, you did run over a dog. Uh, and okay, fair enough. That's kind of a big deal. Sorry for any animal lovers out there. I didn't actually do it. I'm just making this up. Um, I love dogs and I would never harm a dog intentionally only in the world of imagination where everything's fine, you can do anything you want. Um, <coughs> what about the fifth fault? And he said, well, um, <coughs> let's see. Um, 
I don't know. I haven't decided yet, Luke. I just decided that I didn't really like you, and as a result, I failed you in your driving test. Um, oh, you did crash into a taxi as well, and, um, and um, oh, well, the, the, that moment where we we crashed off a bridge and flew through the air and and landed into the River Thames. That didn't help either. And so in the end, I was forced to agree. Okay, Mr. Driving Instructor, you're right. Um, fair enough. I fail this one, but I'll be back, damn it. I'll be back to this driving school. I'm going to pass this driving test if it's the last thing I do. Hopefully it won't be the last thing I do because that would be ridiculous. Why would why would um, that be the last thing? If that was the last thing you did, it would be terrible. If you, you've passed the driving test and then you just die. Well, what a waste of time that was because um, now I can't even, you know legally drive because I'm dead that would be um, <clears throat> that would be ridiculous I think you'll agree um, I think this is a suitably bizarre way to end this episode of Luke's English Podcast so just to recap we've been through more items of British slang language uh, slang vocabulary from uh, from the letter D all the way through to the letter G and we still have the rest of the A to Z to go and we'll have to catch up with that in you know, other episodes of Luke's English Podcast in the future. Um, I, hope that, um, I hope you've been able to understand everything I've said in this episode. I've got a slightly blocked up nose and I've got a bit of a, a cough. That's because um, I'm recovering from a, a cold. Um, and so I hope it hasn't affected my voice too much. More episodes of Luke's English Podcast will be uploaded soon. Uh, but for now... Uh, for this episode, it's goodbye. So, three, two, one. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.